There can be no doubt, leadership is what separates a place of work from a place to work. But what makes a good leader? Welcome to On Point, a thought-provoking podcast on leadership. It's for leaders. It's by leaders. Here are your hosts, Jim Livingston and John Nielsen. What's one of the primary reasons for people working late into the night and over weekends? Hi, and welcome to episode 11 of On Point. My name is Jim Livingston. And my name is John Nelson. So, John, it's been a few months since our last episode of On Point. We've both been incredibly busy running workshops all around the world. Um, I'm not sure about you, but one of the things that I've consistently seen happening and, you know, people are telling us more and more of is the fact that they're working late into the night and over weekends consistently. Is this something you're seeing at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, meeting seems to be reason number one why people are so incredible busy. And it's interesting when you dive into the details of what we hear. It's actually one of my absolute pet hates. And I've lost count of how many people tell me that they're working, you know, that they're in meetings back to back from Monday to Friday. And the only time they have for work is night times and weekends. It's insane. And I think it's one of the big reasons why there's a lot of stress building up in the workplace. I think it's another reason why families are having issues at home is because of sort of that work-life sort of balance and that, that divide that's sort of breaking down. So why so many meetings? Yeah, so, so many reasons. And I, I just want to add, I think also now post-pandemic a little bit, I think COVID has also contributed uh, to make this situation even worse because it was so easy to set up meetings. But, but one of the top reasons I hear from people is really that if they don't show up for a meeting, if it's face-to-face -face or virtual, doesn't matter. But it feels like they are not busy anymore. They are not doing any work. It's very funny, but but that I hear a lot. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people are. I think a lot of people are afraid that if they're not seen by everyone else and they're by their bosses, that people might feel they're not working. So that's that's clearly one. What else can you think of? Yeah, and another thing is really so if if they have this need that they have to be involved in something. So, so I could miss out on something. Yeah. If I don't show up in that meeting, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss out on something. What's going on? There are absolutely some people that feel the need. There are some of us that are, you know, very extroverted and feel the need to be around people and want to be involved in every possible meeting, you know, feel like we might be missing out if we're not involved. What else? Yeah. And, and, and also, I would say thinking about the meeting organizers, they very often don't think too much about who should really be in the room. You know, companies are using distribution layers or invite a whole team and far too many people in the room without thinking, who do I really need? Yeah, so I think it's that, that intentionality, that more deliberate sort of effort on the part of the meeting organizers is clearly not being happened. Yeah. I think it's also an issue of quality and quantity. I think the meetings are you know, A, they're not being managed properly, so they're lasting far longer than they should do. Um, and I think it's also, you know, the number of meetings um, where we're having a lot of meetings for the sake of having meetings, yeah. right, without having a real outcome come out of those meetings. So I think it's yeah. like a, a quality and quantity sort of thing. What else can you think of? Yeah, so so I think you just touched on it, but I really want to point it out. So the time management in meetings, when when you have 30 minutes, it's 30 minutes, yeah, and not 35 minutes, because then you're late for the next whatever you do, yeah. And also too many meetings have no meeting minutes, yeah. 
very surprising to me, but so many meetings. Yeah? And also very, I hear a lot that it gets sidetracked, the conversation. People lose track of what they talk about and they start a new conversation, which is not very efficient. So stay on agenda. Yeah. So one of the reasons why these meetings are taking so long is they're not being yeah. kind of managed right. There's, yeah. there's another one that comes out to mind. There's a couple of points that come to mind for me. Um, one is that some managers feel the need to invite all of their people. Uh, and some people feel that they're, and some managers are not trusting their people enough. Right? And you know, having them in all, every meeting, it helps give them that sort of control. That's a piece that comes through quite a lot as well. Yeah. And another one is about, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people that are being controlled by their calendars as opposed to controlling their calendars, uh, where, where, their, where their calendar is at the beck and call of anyone to book a meeting with them. Uh, and that's, a, that's another sort of common sort of issue that we see. Yes, exactly, exactly. And then we hear a lot when we run the workshops around the world. People know it for months, yeah, and then two days before, oh, we have an important meeting here and there, and then they don't show up for the training they know about since three months. It's really frustrating, yeah, and it's also about sometimes saying no, yeah, and say, I have a commitment here. <laughs> Absolutely right. So I've actually got a client of mine. This is a this client's a VP from a, from a very large bank, and I remember sitting down with this client. This is you know sort of mid last year. I remember sitting down with this client, and they showed me a copy of their calendar. I looked at the calendar and it was like, it was nuts. It was like nine to six every day of the week, back to back meetings. And I turned to him and I said, so Mike, I'm using the name Mike for better words, but I said, Mike, you know, what's all, what's going on? He said, well, these are all my meetings. And I said, well, when do you get time to do any work? And he looked at me and said, well, you know, usually it's sort of between sort of seven o'clock and 10 o'clock of night times. Or on Saturdays and Sundays, I'll end up doing a lot of work as well. And how long has this been going on for, Mike? Oh, yeah, for about the last year or so. And how do you feel about it, Mike? It's draining me. I'm frustrated. I really need a break. It's causing issues with my family because I'm working all the time. I'm not seeing my children enough. So long story short, you know, Mike was being controlled by his calendar. He wasn't in control of it. So we got Mike to go away. And he went away and sort of analysed all of his meetings for a month. And he put his meetings into buckets, right? One bucket was, was this a senior leadership meeting where I had to attend? Was it a meeting where there was a decision that was needed from me? Was it a meeting where I was going to contribute to a decision? Or was it a meeting that was just for FYI? And interestingly enough, when he analyzed it over a month, he came back and he almost started, I remember his face, he almost started crying because 50% of his meetings were FYIs. And I said to him, I said, Mike, so, you know, let's wind back the clock. If I was to give you back 50% of your time for the past 12 months, what would you be able to do with that 50% of your time? And, you know, we had quite a bit of a laugh about this. So long story short, he realized that the way in which he was sort of controlling his meetings was really having a major impact. Mm -hmm. So he slightly took a very, very different approach. What he started doing was every time someone sent him a calendar invite, that was the first thing he did, he took back his calendar. Every time someone sent him a calendar invite, they would get an email from him which said, thank you very much for the invite. Can you please, tell, I'm trying to be more, he said, I'm trying to be more effective and efficient with my time. Can you please tell me what A, the purpose of the meeting is, B, 
B, what the agenda for the meeting is. C, how you expect me to contribute to a meaningful outcome for the meeting. And this was the three questions that he would send to everyone. And, you know, if he didn't get that back in advance, he wouldn't attend the meeting, right? If they said, oh, it's just for your knowledge to be there, he would just ask them to send a copy of his minutes, right? So he started really getting control of his calendar. And, you know, I remember six months later looking at his calendar and he had space for work budgeted, right? The meetings were a fraction of what they used to be. And he wasn't working night times on weekends, right? And he took it one step further. He got all the people in his team to do that same email. So whenever they got a calendar invite, he made, he made sure that the people were being sent a copy of the minutes, the reads beforehand, and that they were only attending meetings that were really, really important. You know? And that's an example of turning meeting mad, madness into sort of more meaningful sort of meetings. You know? So, John, I mean, if you think about the role that everyone has to play, I mean, I've just used Mike an example, but what's the role that the meeting organizer has? Yeah, and, and I really want to tap into my corporate experience because running running large teams around the world. And it really it really starts with having a clear purpose for the meeting. To be very clear about it, what do we want to achieve and walk away with? And that is then reflected in the agenda uh, with a very strict agenda. Ten minutes for that, five minutes for that, and really following that agenda. So purpose and agenda. Clearly, that's where a, a good meeting culture starts, number yes. one, yeah? And I would say then pre-reads is everything. Make sure you have pre-reads, not 500 pages, but enough so people can prepare and set expectations that you want people to read before and potentially even raise questions, come with prepared questions to whatever the agenda or topic is, but send it out so people have time to read and make sure they have a chance to prepare for the conversation. And it's interesting you raise that, because remember one of the things that Jeff Bezos from Amazon used to do was, you know, he had a rule about 10 minutes of every meeting, the first 10 minutes being dedicated to, you know, reading the minutes for that meeting or reading the pre-reads. And, you know, we talked about this earlier. I mean, in a lot of cases, 10 minutes is not enough. So people really need to be sent the pre-reads beforehand to really internalize things and think things through. And also, uh, to be honest, if I catch people who, who more constantly are not prepared, I would put them on the side and say, okay, how can we improve this? Because the point is we lose time when people haven't yeah. read and people are on different levels of information. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also about setting rules for the meetings. I think as a meeting owner, it is okay to set expectation and say the meeting will start latest five minutes past 10 if the meeting is in for 10 o'clock. Don't wait for another 10 minutes until the room is full. It's crazy how yeah. much time is getting lost waiting for people. Close the door, start the meeting too late. Sorry. Okay. Not efficient. Yeah. And it sounds a little bit harsh, but you have to be responsible because it's not only your time, it's also other people's time. Yeah. I actually read a stat and I can't remember where this stat was, but the average mid-level executive in an organization would waste on average, I think it's 3.5 days per month on uh, meeting minutes wasted and stuff like that. Exactly. And the last thing I would say as a meeting organizer and having managed teams around the world for most of my career, 
you really have to be mindful and respectful of people's time. If it's a local team in one country, don't set up very early morning meetings or late evening meetings. Respect people's work-life balance, okay? And be a good role model. But also if you run teams in different time zones, yeah? Often here in Asia, yeah, the time difference between Singapore or Melbourne is, is significant, yeah? So be mindful if you say six o'clock here is significant later in Melbourne or Sydney, yeah? So really think about the time you suggest and the length of it. I think this is a really valuable point, right? Which is being mindful and respectful of our people. You know, if you know that, you know, you're, 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 the people you work with or the people that are involved in these meetings have families, why are you scheduling meetings that are, that are going to run into that family time? Yeah. Right? That's just completely disrespectful, right? I'm again, oh, okay, yes, I understand. Sometimes we need to have these meetings, right? But we also need to be respectful of people and their time. Correct. And 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 also the, the people showing up, Jim, and I'm sure you have some thoughts here on, on the role as an attendee or you're being invited. Yeah, I think this is a really good point. I think as an attendee, we absolutely have to hold ourselves accountable to make sure that we actually contribute to a meaningful outcome. Right. If you're not contributing to a meaningful outcome from that from that meeting, you're wasting air being there. Right. So I think that's a really important piece um, for me is making sure that, you know, you go in prepared, you go in and you show up the right way for that meeting and contribute the right way. What else could you think about? I mean, I think it really comes down to preparation. Um, I think holding the meeting organizer accountable is a very key point. I mean, if we go back to, you know, my client, Mike, who would ask the meeting organizer for the purpose of the meeting, for the agenda, for the pre-reads. Right. And he would make sure he gets that. If he didn't get that stuff beforehand, he wouldn't attend the meeting. And I think it goes beyond that. It also goes down to, you know, if you see the conversation, if you see the meeting going off track, this is where we need to say, guys, can we take a time out? Can we, you know, park that idea for now and maybe discuss that at another time with the people that it's relevant to, as opposed to wasting everyone's time talking about stuff that may or may not be related. Yeah. Right. So I think that's a really cool piece is holding them accountable and to me being very deliberate right you know if you know that you're not going to be able to contribute in a meaningful way to a meeting don't attend right you'll be better off investing that time into creating more meaningful work right so we know that both the organizer and the attendees have an important role to play i mean john if you think about you know, three absolute nuggets for people to take away from this. What would they be? What would be the first one for you? I, I would say it's really about budgeting your time. Yeah. So plan meetings around work and not the other way around. Yeah. yeah it's, it's so it's important. It's not rocket science, really, but I'm seeing too many people plan their work around meetings. Yeah. That's insane. Meetings should be planned around work or at least in parallel with work. Right? You know, you should not be in a situation where, you know, you're having to look for time to do your job. Right? You should be budgeting. I've got another, actually, it's Mike again. Another thing that Mike does with, um, with his time is he budgets the first hour and a half of every morning. It's blocked off from his calendar. And that first hour and a half of every morning is so that he can concentrate on knocking off that one key deliverable that he has for each day 
he focuses that first hour and a half, doesn't do any emails, doesn't do anything, but he really does have control of that. So I think that's a really good point. Um, I think another one is only attend meetings where you're really going to contribute to a meaningful outcome. I think this is point number two, right? Um, if you're not needed for a decision or if you're not going to contribute to a meaningful decision or if you're not going to contribute to someone learning in a positive sort of way, then, you know, if it's just FYI, get a copy of the minutes. Why waste your time when you can read it sitting on the toilet or doing something else, right? Easier. So there's two notes, right? Plan your, you know, budget your time, sort of get control of your calendar, only attend meetings where you know you can contribute. What would be the third point? Uh, clearly, uh, ensure the meetings are probably organized. And as, as we mentioned before, purpose, agenda, pre-read. That, that's really, it's very simple, but it is making a huge difference. And being clear about how much time do we really need for that meeting so many people set up meeting for an hour okay why does it have to be an hour it can be 45 minutes 40 minutes 35 yeah really think about it because if it's less time it forces you to be very focused on what the purpose of the meeting is i think this is a really good point actually about minimizing the time so that we focus more and making those meetings more effective uh, and if we're more focused, then pre-reads and everything beforehand become more of that sort of reality. So, okay, so we have it. three sort of key nuggets, right? Budget your time. So, you know, plan your work around, your, plan your meetings around your work, not the other way around. Two, only attend meetings where you know you're going to contribute to a meaningful outcome. And three, when you do attend meetings, make sure that meetings are organized and managed properly, right? So that your time and other people's time is not wasted. Right? There should be no reason why people are consistently working night times and weekends because of back-to-back -back meetings in the office. That's insane. And we hope you turn that meeting madness into more meaningful meetings. Exactly. There you have it. There's episode 11 of On Point. You've been listening to On Point, a thought-provoking podcast for leaders by leaders. Want to keep up to date or come on the show? please visit www.northpoint-training.com slash onpoint.